0: I do think self-awareness is sort of like a compass that you can kind of hold to say which direction in my career am I headed. And the more self-aware you are, the more you can hop on that path to whatever growth looks like to you.
1: Welcome to Design to Be Conversation, presented by Design to Be and hosted by Design to Be Founder and CEO, me, Rachel Weissman design to be is a community that elevates designers to become empowered, educated, and effective using EQ-based tools and practices. In this show, I have conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. In today's episode, I speak with Mig Reyes, a product design manager at Instagram, who loves to bring the world closer to people and things they love. Mig is a passionate supporter of the design community, and together with his team, they tirelessly work to improve simplicity and craft of Instagram, wherever you may find it. Mig is the President Emeritus of American Institute of Graphic Arts, better known as AIGA. In Chicago, and founded the Chicago chapter of Creative Mornings. In today's episode, we dive into the importance of self-awareness, how it is necessary when building high-functioning design teams, how self-awareness leads to higher productivity, collaboration, and growth, and how you can start to contribute to a culture of self-awareness. Welcome, Meg, to the show.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Speaking of the Instagram team, just want to give a shout out to Brian and Jeff who joined us this evening. You can ask them questions too, in terms of some of the things we bring up in terms of Instagram design team culture and how we think about emotional intelligence and self-awareness in good design teams. But Rachel, maybe I thought I'd kick it back to you. One, I'm honored to be your guest, but kind of would be fun to share with the crowd how we know each other in the first place.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. We were talking about this also before folks hopped on. So I went to school, University of Illinois in Champaign. I studied graphic design. And senior year, we had a portfolio review. And we went up to Chicago and had this portfolio review. And that was when I was starting to pivot into the world of UX. And Meg was one of the people that reviewed my portfolio. (laughs) So this was many, many years ago. But it's been incredible to keep in touch over the years. And I think you were... (sighs) It was before you were at Trunk Club, so I think it was was many, many minutes ago. But yeah, it's an honor to have you on the show today.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's dive into things. So our topic today is about self-awareness and how that can feed into creating a better design culture and a better design team. And just to make sure everyone listening and everyone on the call is on the same page, can you define what self-awareness means to you?
0: Yes. So the first thing I will say is I do not purport myself to be an expert in emotional intelligence. I do not purport myself to be an expert in a lot of these types of things in general, but my perspective does come from working in different design teams, orgs, and cultures for many years, messing up, failing, figuring things out the hard way, and realizing how important self-awareness really is to what we do day to day. So in my perspective, Self-awareness is really an acute just understanding of your own behaviors, of the way you communicate with others, and where you see yourself standing in relation to something else or someone else. I guess, or more simply, self-awareness is really understanding how you do what you do and the way you do it and how it impacts others. And so while it's really important to think inward on what self-awareness means in terms of having a crisp understanding of where you are and who you are, It's also the relationship that you have with others in unspoken ways. So I guess, yeah, having just a really solid, crisp, acute understanding of your behaviors and how you approach things and how it impacts others.
1: Yeah, thank you. And a lot of what, when reflecting on is like design to be is very much in its infancy and reflecting on my own design school education and everything. And I was so excited when you were like, yes, let's talk about self-awareness. Like in design school, I learned all the tools and all the crafts and all the typography and everything and not discounting that in any way, since that's truly the foundation of becoming a solid designer, especially as you begin in your career and are elevating as an IC. But kind of diving more into the topic today, how do you envision these elements of self-awareness crafting a great design team?
0: Yeah. I wanted to touch on a little bit on your framing because I agree. I think if you're on Twitter and you're a designer, you often see, hey, should designers code? Should designers do this? Should designers do that? And you rarely hear, like, hey, should designers understand their own feelings? And should designers understand how they impact others with the way they talk to other people? Should designers care about not being jerks to coworkers at the workplace? And I think these are really important things to talk about. And I think the term emotional intelligence, maybe doesn't sit nicely with the words Figma and Sketch and Photoshop, (laughs) but they're really important tools for high-functioning design teams. And even though, Rachel, I think our topic is specific to design teams, I think you can replace design with product marketing, product management, engineering. So I think what's nice about this skill and the practice of self-awareness is that it's not an exclusive thing to designers because most things doesn't have to be (laughs) exclusive to designers. So more directly to your question, how can self-awareness impact, make or break a really good design team? Well, if we go back to the thought that a self-aware person has a really crisp understanding of where they stand in relation to a goal, an objective, or some sense of direction and how they're aligned to it, you really just multiply that in terms of multiple people. So In a team where it's full of self-aware people, a healthy team can self-diagnose where there's blockers, where there's friction on a team. And a self-aware team can really understand, okay, we don't need to pull in management. We don't need to pull in the high ups. We don't need to pull in other stakeholders. We all see a problem here. I see it, you see it, let's own it together. We're both aware of what's happening here. So what do we wanna do about it? And so I think when you have a team built with really self-aware people, it's a lot more productive, and there's a lot more progress that can happen with a team that can self-manage, self-diagnose, and self-solve. I'm a manager, and so I, I might weave in my perspective of being a manager, but I think it's a really bad use of a manager's time to tell a team if they're doing something right or wrong, and more so, a manager can be helping them see around the corner, offer a perspective that they may not have visibility into, where the team themselves can kind of diagnose. Hey we think we're off track. Here's what we need to do pretty quickly to get back on track versus waiting around for someone with a different title to say, hey, time to hold you accountable. And I think it's that sense of personal and team accountability that a team can hold themselves to that I think a group of software people can do pretty quickly without management handholding, which just, just seems and sounds pretty inefficient. The other thing I think about when you, perhaps from a different perspective, when you don't have a group of self-aware people, or maybe you have a couple of folks that are not self-aware on a relatively high-performing team, we all know there's a tax to working around poor performers, right? Mm -hmm. You will have the team want to avoid meetings with this person because that person's slowing the whole team down, and it's pretty clear that this person that's not self-aware maybe doesn't know their impact of how they're slowing a team down. Maybe I've been in meetings where it's like, how do we work around this friction, this blocker, which is really just a person stalling us because they just aren't aware that the way they communicate is pretty rough. The way they're not delivering on the things they said they would is pretty rough. And so there's a tax to pay when you have to work around people that just don't know how to self-diagnose and understand the way their behaviors impact the greater good, the greater whole. And so I feel like you should... Optimize for a team that just has a bunch of self aware people so that there's just like, it's just a smoother running team. It's a healthier vibe. It's a psychologically more safe team to be on because we all can admit our own faults. We can all be a lot more vulnerable to say, hey, actually, I messed up. I'm aware I did that. Here's what I'd like to do to kind of course correct. And the high performing teams tend to have a lot of folks that tend to be a lot more self aware.
1: I love many of what you said, but diving in on one of the pieces that I feel like you were. Alluding to in so many ways, it's self aware people can show up in a more authentic way and have a greater awareness of their strengths and their weaknesses, and don't really feel like I need to act in a certain way because this is what I need to do. And it provides a bit more space to support your team and become the best designer you can really be, but in a way that's true to you. And like bridging off that is how do you see self-awareness impact one's career? So how can we use self-awareness as a tool to navigate career development? So in this lens of like authenticity where everyone has their own path, like I went to school for graphic design and then did a very sharp pivot and everyone's having their own pivots. But how do you see these bridge as one's navigating their career?
0: Ooh, I love that question. In terms of self-awareness,
1: in my eyes,
0: you are either a high performer that's maybe trying to reach your next level, trying to deepen your skill in a certain discipline or a certain craft, or you're struggling and you're having a hard time. And as a manager, the way I've seen self-awareness impact career development in an individual is you're either on path to getting promoted or you might be on path to getting a performance improvement plan. Those are obviously two pretty like intense ends of the spectrum. but. I've had the honor joy and pleasure of promoting people and I've also have not forgotten a single performance improvement plan I've had to put together and when I reflect back on both the joys of all the folks that have been promoted And all the pains of the folks that I've had to either coach help or ultimately put on a performance plan you can always point to self-awareness as some sense of maybe a skill or a trait that lent themselves toward either end of the spectrum, whether they lacked self-awareness, thus led to poor performance, or they had a lot of self-awareness and they knew how to close their own skill gaps to reach that next level. And so I guess a couple of ways to think about it is I'll start with the rougher side on poor performers. I've unfortunately seen a lot of Meetings where folks have tried to plan around people. And that's just a bummer. And it's like, we don't like to say this on like big community talks, but at the day to day, we've worked with people that are difficult to work with. And I like, I think it's worth saying out loud. And oftentimes, one thing I'll hear a lot when coworkers complain about a challenging coworker or when a management team is trying to wrap their heads around how to support another person, it's, you know what, it doesn't seem like they're even aware that they're doing that. And I think that kind of says pretty clearly, hey, it seems like this person lacks that self-awareness to close the gaps they need to close to help the team out even better. On the flip side, I've seen people on like exponential growth curves in terms of getting promoted to the next level or Mm -hmm. earning career opportunities. And it's because they had such acute self-awareness where they could really articulate to you plainly Rachel, I am here right now in my career, I'm trying to get to here. Here are like four things I'm working on that I've self-identified to like really track that down, chase that down and get better at. What I need is coaching from my teammates, coaching from my manager and peer feedback to help me close those gaps. And of course, a really good manager should help you identify other areas and gaps that you may have. But in terms of self-awareness in relation to career development, you may go backward, you may go forward and self-awareness can help dictate what direction you're trending and so i think the folks that really understand where they are where their gaps are totally honest and vulnerable about saying i'm weak in these areas this is what i'm going to focus on next those are the people that tend to grow get promoted climb make more money or also chill by the way it's like the relentless pursuit of the promotion is not the only way to grow your career and some folks are self-aware and know that and Career growth to them is taking care of their family, having reasonable hours, and they are very aware that that is a a healthy path to take, whereas folks that are less self-aware in their career and their career development is, hey, I'm pretty mad that I'm not being promoted. Hey, this person that's younger than me got the title promotion. I'm like way further along by years, and it's like, well, you're also not further along in terms of the scope and the complexity of the work that you're taking on. Mm -hmm. And it's clear you don't know that yet. And so perhaps a long-winded response to your question, but I do think self-awareness is sort of like a compass that you can kind of hold to say, which direction in my career am I headed? And the more self-aware you are, the more you can hop on that path to whatever growth looks like to you.
1: Amazing. I got chills as you were talking. I don't know if anyone else did, but I feel like I loved a piece that you said where, especially in COVID times, since so many people have been going back and forth with burnout in some way where I feel like it's so important to really stress that as a self awareness designer, it doesn't mean going up for promo every cycle. It's being aware of, oh, I really need to take a break or these are the values that I'm currently operating this quarter or this half year or this year. And this is how I'm aligning to those values to thus meet my goals. So I love that you are highlighting those things. We are going to take a short break to hear an exciting update from Design to Be. Design to Be is excited to offer Design to Be training, an 8-week remote design EQ training program. We are bringing together the next generation of leading designers who seek to become more effective in their role and ultimately craft a career that is filled with meaning and purpose. We are fusing authentic community inspirational speakers, and actionable techniques to up-level your design career. Head to designtobe.com slash training to learn more and apply. Applications are now open and close April 15th. But students will be accepted on a rolling basis, so be sure to apply early to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. This question was kind of like looming for a bit, but I feel like maybe some folks are already starting to think this, but how can people start to build self-aware design teams? So we've talked a lot about how the impact could be, but how can some folks get started?
0: Yeah, when we say build self-aware design teams, the one thing I, I wanna say right away is that you don't have to be a manager to help build up a design team. You as an IC or an individual contributor, you have a role on that team and effectively, you're one big part of that team. So you're one of the building blocks of a team. And so I just want to make sure that it's not just the manager's job to build a team, it's the whole team to build the team together. But back to your question, how do you build a self-aware design team? The first thing I think maybe sounds obvious is you should just expect it and ask for it. And I think that's where a lot of companies and startups, especially that are just really kind of getting things going and are afraid to say things that kind of sound corporate is like hey on this team we want to be high functioning we want to be high performing one thing we're going to probably need as a healthy trait for all of us is that we're all self-aware that we can call ourselves out before we call each other out that we can identify where our gaps are in relation to how we're helping a team move forward so i think it's whether you have company values or organizational written values in some sense way shape or form you should just kind of expect it and say it out loud to your team like hey we need you to understand where you are and help us move together the other thing about building a team is that it tends to sound additive and the reality is we're on the team we're on like largely we're stuck with the people we're with and that doesn't have to be a bad thing so i think there's a lot of self reflection to do take a look at my teammates where are we at are there problems on the team and where can we identify where some people might need help just understanding where they're maybe causing a team to slow down a little bit more and so one thing i'll say there is maybe one ask for it and then two coach for it and coaching again can happen with peers not just managers so i want to give a coworker some advice that said hey you know the way you ran that meeting was good but i think it could be better were you aware that this person didn't get a chance to say something in that meeting so you know, I really value that person's perspective too. I might encourage we also listen to them. And you can make it a we thing and not like pin it on the person say, hey, you forgot to listen to Rachel and now I want to shame you. Like nobody feels Mm -hmm. good about that, just actually feels pretty shitty, but we can make it a group and team goal to say, hey, I actually didn't hear from Rachel in that meeting. Did you notice that? And usually what happens is the person's going to reflect on themselves and it's like, oh shit, I actually didn't hear Rachel in that meeting. I think I got the clue there that maybe we should be listening to more people or making space for others. So ask for it, coach for it. But then you do get to the part where like maybe somebody leaves the team or your team experiences a lot of growth and you get to hire. So the second thing I would add is then you get to hire for self-awareness. And I'm looking Mm -hmm. at the chat right now and I want to give a shout out to Ava Collins, who does ask do you have any advice for how to effectively show self-awareness during interviews? And so I want to connect the dots there because I think what the manager can do is hire for self-aware people. A little behind the scenes peek at the Instagram interview process, we actually have six focus areas that we think about when we interview different designers. And there's three hard skills and there's three soft skills. And that sixth soft skill that we actually look for and actually evaluate is self-awareness. And we will in our interview debrief room go, all right, Rachel, all right, Kim, whoever's in the room, how did they fare in terms of self-awareness? And how self-aware did they strike you? Because we know that at a culture like Instagram where things move fast, most things are ambiguous. We don't know what the new product priority might be. Nobody expected COVID to happen. And so you need that high-performing team. And to have that high-performing team, you need self-aware people. So you hire for those types of people that show self-awareness in their interview. So back to Ava's question of how do you show that in the interview? A couple of ways. One is like, it's a little meta, but understand where you are in the interview and say, hey, you know, I know we only have five minutes left. I just want to make sure you all feel good about all the work I've shown. Does anyone have questions? Cool. If not, I'll keep going. So like you're able to address to the people immediately that you know where you stand in relation to this process that you're in. But one area I really love to dig in on is, are you good at admitting where you're weak? And I think that's like an ultimate self-awareness test. One question I like to ask, and people think it's a trick question, is like, what are you trying to get better at? And people tend, you know, answers I don't like are like, I'm a perfectionist, and I, I, you know, I just got to (laughs) stop making things so good and clean. And it's like, no, but like, really, what are you working at? And so sometimes if I get an answer like that, I might then push a little deeper and go, Okay, cool. Rachel, if you don't mind sharing, what's a piece of feedback a teammate gave you that you're working on? And then that really starts to open up the door of like, oh, that's what they're really asking is like, what are my flaws? Because the reality is we are all flawed. And Mm -hmm. I do try to say that in the interview of like, hey, this is like not a trick question. We're a growth driven culture. We're all trying to get better. We're all trying to be one of the best design teams out there. What's something that we can help you with that you're working on? And so admitting where you think you're weak is, I think, a really strong way to show how self-aware you are. In the interview process. So Ava, I hope that answers your question on how you can show up as self-aware in
1: the interview. Amazing. Shifting gears a little bit, because I know that in the title of this event, we spoke a bit about team and culture. And I want to make sure that we speak on, we touch on both of these points. So do you see that there is a difference between self-awareness and a team, which I feel like we've spoken a lot about, versus the culture? So say of the design team culture at Instagram or even Instagram as a whole?
0: Yes, that's a great question. Because oftentimes teams are local and it's maybe like anywhere from three to eight people. And that is Mm -hmm. clearly not the entire size of Instagram. And so I think culture is more broadly applied to an organization. But what I will say too is culture is how your teammates show up And culture is the set of expectations you have for everyone in an organization. And culture is also how or what you observe that is allowed to happen. And so culture are these sort of like invisible, unwritten things of expectations and what passes through the expectations, where the team is sort of the group of people that really put it into play and put it into action. So for example, if we're talking about a self-aware culture, we should see people from all levels, whether you're a junior to a senior leader, show the rest of the org where you might have fallen or where you might have fallen short. And that sets tone of culture, but it isn't the culture itself. And so culture to me, at least, is like the collective sum of how everybody showed up relative to expectations that were never said. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just, again, I'm not a self-awareness expert. I'm a brand designer turned product designer. So that's my best guess at what a culture that is about self-awareness is.
1: I'd say it's it's spot on. And I feel like I appreciate your modesty, but I really do think that designers, whether they're brand turned product or architectures turned UX or anything like that, have the ability and opportunity to really invest in the self and the fact that you are interviewing for folks for self-awareness definitely does speak to your expertise completely. And I feel like we've given folks a lot of skills and frameworks and ways to think about self-awareness. But for folks that maybe are listening and are feeling a bit, okay, whoa, maybe I just got feedback and I don't know about self-awareness that much, or I'm feeling a little intimidated. What are ways that you can encourage a designer who maybe is not the most self-aware or somewhere that they can get started?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And again, it kind of rides the tension of offering like, advice on a subject area I'm not an expert in, but I'll do my, be- my best here. I think the first thing I would say... I've got a few thoughts here on encouraging people to work toward being more self-aware. The first thing is slow down. Yes, we all work, we tend to work in fast paced environments. But where I see a lot of folks tend to falter or go off track is because they're trying to move so quickly and make decisions without thinking about the ramifications of anything they're doing. And self awareness to me is more of a muscle that you train over time, and you can get faster at it and you get better at it. But if you're maybe earlier in your career, or you may not be as self-aware as your peers are letting you know, it's okay to slow down. I think your teammates would much rather you slow down, process, be thoughtful in how you want to move forward next, versus like, oh shit, I need to make a decision and do this thing and work on this project, or otherwise everything's going to fall apart, because that's really not true. That's why we call them teams. You have people to lean on. So first thing. Slow down and once you slow down there's a few things that really they're questions i think you should ask yourself in terms of being self-aware one i work at this company what matters to this company so for me what is instagram value what matters to instagram is the thing i'm about to say or do in line with what instagram expects of me as an employee second thing is really to just continue to scope it downward okay i'm part of instagram's product foundation org is what I'm about to say or do important and in line with what this org expects me to do and behave? And then go to the team. I'm part of this particular team is what I'm about to do, say, or behave in, in lack of better terms. Is this what my team expects of me? And is this going to be helpful to my team and how will my team respond to it? And then to the project, Hey, I, I'm about to say, or do this thing. Is this going to help the project? If I do this move, Will this move the project forward? And then to the person, back to the individual, if I'm about to say something spicy, what will this person (laughs) think? And that's a question I think people should ask themselves because I've been there, we get heated, there's things that bother us at the workplace, there's somebody that said a thing that rubbed us the wrong way, or somebody said something that's so off the data or the research that just you feel in your bones that isn't the right direction. How you deliver a thing that's probably the right thing to say matters. So I like to just kind of pretend if somebody had a camera pointing to me, like, or if I were to like look at, I've seen these like TikTok memes where people are like doing TikTok dances and then their manager shows them like the like surveillance (laughs) camera of them doing it. If your manager were to show you the surveillance camera of what you were about to do or say, Would you be proud of it? Would you feel like that honored the values of your teammates and your project and your team? The answer is no, don't do that thing. And I think it's just a healthy practice to really, again, like my TLDR is put yourself in everyone else's shoes, but yours and really try to figure out, you know, if I'm supporting a design team, you know, if I'm about to say this thing about something I think is spicy, but might impact our team. What does Brian think about this if I say this? What does Jeff think about if I were to say this to them? Because I really value them as teammates. Will this resonate? And so really just first, like doing a rapid gut check, what and how will everyone respond to the way I'm about to behave? And of course, like when you give somebody a list who's not self-aware of ask about this, ask about this, think about this, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. But again, it's more of a muscle that you'd sort of develop. And as you get more senior in your career, hopefully you get also more self-aware in your career and you can kind of just pick up a pulse on people and the team you're a part of. So one last thing I'll say is I think self-awareness is related to mental health and I think we should normalize therapy and going to it and getting coaching from others. I don't think that's spoken about enough in design. And so I think it's super cool and rad to get coaching from people that think about our brain more than we do. And so if you're having troubles or not, or you just feel like you're in a rut, talk to somebody that just thinks about this more than you do and have a sounding board because it really, really helps.
1: Plus one to therapy, coaching, and all of that. Investing in that part of my life has completely shifted how I show up in my life and as a designer. And I really loved what you said of self-awareness and honing in on empathy and compassion and putting yourself in other people's shoes. While it's so important to have these internal practices, if you're not shifting that frame outward and haven't cultivating that empathy, which we're really good at doing for users, but it's also important to do for the people that we work with. So I love that you you highlighted that as well. Let's shift gears a bit. And I see that folks are populating questions. So if you have any more questions, we'll do our best to answer them in the next six minutes. So we're going to start from the top. So Nicole Kaufman, thank you for your question. Do you think self-awareness needs to be planted into the right structure? I wear different hats at my job, not just design. The people on our team do not always swim in their lane. So the question sometimes becomes who has the authority to push things through?
0: Yeah, it's tough because like, it's also not that cool to walk around the company and point at people and go, you need to be self-aware. Like, that's not a healthy (laughs) way to build a great team. But going back to an earlier principle that we sort of chatted about is understanding what's important to everyone else. And so I think instead of asking somebody to be self-aware, what you can do is ask somebody what's important to them and what matters to them in a particular project, initiative, or the way they see their team values. Because oftentimes when I see people not, quote unquote, the way Nicole put it, swaying in their lanes, it's because we all think we have different lanes to begin with. And the reality is we all work at one company and we're all trying to ship some awesome stuff together. And so rather than like dodging the buoys in the water, why don't you just like turn to your coworker to go, Hey, look, this matters to me too. What matters to you though? Like what is success to you? And I think really just bridging that gap of understanding what's important to somebody else is one way that you can start to like open up a sense of vulnerability for other people to at least realize where we're all headed together. And hopefully that then opens up the conversation the other way around to go, cool, you know, Nicole, it sounds like being timely and having strict deadlines matters to you. I totally get that. Here's what matters to me. And for me, it means, you know, really well executed files and sometimes needs time to develop. And so Now, at least there's an anchor for two people with differing opinions to at least find what lane they share together. So I guess TLDR, just like ask what's important to people. And I think people can kind of, if they're mature and self-aware, can kind of work toward it
1: together from there. Amazing. So Bryce says, thanks, Meg. How might you position to someone the need to become more self-aware that doesn't feel as though they need to improve job performance?
0: And that is a tough one and like it gives me shivers about all the performance improvement plans I've had to do. So, one, Bryce, shout out to you and thank you for the question. I think the first thing is sort of addressing the fact that they don't think they need to get better at their job because that's likely not true for anybody, no matter how high up you are in your career or how, even though you might have received several like positive performance ratings in a row or you're even meeting expectations and even outside of the performance review, you think you're doing a good job. I think there is like a critical and hard conversation to have to tell someone that they aren't and I think it starts there and that's super uncomfortable and one thing that's very helpful that I've at least experienced is having some concrete documentation that you can point to that says hey our org collectively believes that this is the bar where do you think you are relative to this bar and that's where the self awareness comes in because really you put it on them to ask and you ask them well i 'm doing this i 'm doing this, and then you can just like kind of point, yeah, but that 's not that or that, and so helping them see is where to your question, like helping them see what the bar is, what the expectations are, and then just asking them if they 're there, and if they think they 're there, then like it 's a totally different problem, and then you kind of just have to say like well you 're actually not there, and here are the documented reasons why I care so much about you. I want to like let you know, I don't think you're there yet. And here's the reasons why. And one thing that I really love about the Instagram design culture is we have a saying that goes, go hard on the work, but soft on the people. And so having conversations like this is, is challenging, but we're going to be ruthless about the pixels, the typesetting, the way you get from A to Z in a certain flow. But if somebody messed it up, like it's not their fault. And so like give grace and kindness when you say, hey, you're not meeting the bar. And that's like, that's easier said than done, Bryce, and, and everyone else who might be in that situation. So have a very clearly documented bar and then ask them where they're at in relation to that, and then go from there is probably what I would say.
1: Thank you. Bye. Will we have access to the record after? Yes. So if you go to design com, this will be a episode that will be released within the next month or so. We'll, we are about at time, but we'll end with one more question. So Thank you, Kim. So are there any team exercises or rituals that you recommend for teams to try to help encourage culture and self-awareness?
0: Yeah, that's an awesome one. Shout out to Kim. She's uh, product operations at Sprout Social. So old school coworker, a lot of love for her. So the question on rituals to help encourage culture and self-awareness You know, I think team rituals to me are always an experiment. I'm always nervous to say this is what our culture is. And we, at least working in a fast-moving environment like Instagram or Sprout Social or other places, the team's going to shift and the org is going to change and the org is going to grow. And so I would caution like baked rituals, but what I do think you can instill is a set of values that you have. And so one thing I really love about a lot of the teams I work with are the teams that sort of... A retrospective. So for instance, the Instagram design systems team does a regular retrospective on what they think as a team went wrong and what they think the design systems team is doing well. And they kind of call themselves out and like red, yellow, greens, you know, like, meh, good, stop doing. There's baked cultures on being self-aware as a team. And there's call outs to say, hey, like we fell short in this area Engineering could have stepped up here, but also design could have stepped up here. And so the spirit of self-awareness is to be a little introspective and sort of retrospective. And so you can do types of activities like that as a team. And when you do it as a team, it feels a little bit better than one-on-one shaming anyway. So I think a good team owns challenges together, and I think a good team owns successes together. So whatever you can do to ask a team what they thought of what just happened, I think, is a really good practice. And in terms of other practices, on the product foundation design team at Instagram, we've tried a lot of different things. We've gone around the room to share like one thing that was hard for us in COVID times. We've shared one thing that we felt like we've learned about ourselves by the end of the year. And I think little moments like that, they don't have to be these big, you know, drum banging moments. It could just be like, hey, you know, think about yourself and how do you feel different today versus maybe a quarter ago, half ago. So really just the, Kim, to your question, build a muscle of asking each other what we think is happening and how we feel about the things that are happening. And again, like feelings are a weird thing in the corporate workplace, but I think it's important as we talk about self-awareness.
1: Beautiful. So we're going to end it at that. I want to be mindful of everyone's time. But first, thank you, thank you, thank you to Meg for imparting your wisdom and inspiring designers. And I really hope that you all got some benefit out of our conversation. And I saw in the chat, some people are interested in connecting and all of that. So a few things here. So design to be if you go to design to you can follow us on social design underscore to be, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the things. And we also have a Slack channel. So that could be an easy way for you all to keep in touch in a way that's outside of just LinkedIn. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And how do you join the Slack? Go to design to and there'll be a link for the Slack. And I can also add it after this. But thank you again,
0: Meg. And Yeah, Rachel, by the way, thank you for the moderation, the phenomenal questions. And again, to the 45-some-odd people that decided talking about self-awareness was a good use of their Wednesday, shout out to you. I really appreciate it. I think these are the things that make our community better, our industry better, and the teams that we work with better. So appreciate the time with everybody.
1: Thank you all. Uh, and have an amazing rest of your Wednesday. Good night, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Design2Be Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you're curious for more ways to invest in your EQ to be a more empowered, educated, and effective designer, head over to designtobe.com. That is D E S I G N T O B E.com. You can take our design process EQ quiz or sign up for a newsletter to receive the latest design-to-be community building, live offerings, and self-inquiry guidance directly to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you may listen. Be sure to share this podcast with a fellow designer who's interested in investing in their EQ. And again, thanks so much for listening.